CityCast listeners, our producers are away. <laughs> so we get to replay you one of my favorite episodes, Who Speaks for the Trees? In this CityCast Las Vegas episode from June 14th, my co-host David talks trees with Lisa Ortega, master arborist and founder of Nevada Plants, a nonprofit that plants trees in urban heat islands and food deserts in Las Vegas. I love her. It's Wednesday, August 24th, 2022. I'm Vogue Robinson, and this is CityCast Las Vegas. Lisa Ortega, welcome to CityCast Las Vegas. Hey, David. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Oh, and it's a pleasure to have you here. You know, Las Vegas is the fastest warming metropolitan area in the United States, and a lot of people are looking to the trees to provide part of the answer. So what is an urban heat island? And that sounds like a bad thing. Is it a bad thing? It, it's a bad thing if you live there. It's a bad thing <laughs> okay. if you live near there. You know, as we build up these metropolitan cities, we have buildings roads that are black, sidewalks, and all this impervious surfaces, just hot surfaces. And so all those together contribute to a hotter environment. Sure. And from my understanding, it's significant enough that it could actually be mapped. And there are maps available that show where some of these areas that you're describing are located. Are there any other specific areas of concern in the Las Vegas Valley where these heat islands are existing? Some of the worst are in the core, and then they kind of move east. East Las Vegas is hotter than the farther west Las Vegas, hotter than north Las Vegas, and also down by the airport, Paradise, Spring Valley. Those are all hot as well, in pockets, in pockets where we really want to remediate that heat. Okay. What is significant about those areas that is creating the environment that allows for these heat islands to arise? Parking lots, McCarran Airport, whoops, Reed International. And some of those places with really large expanses of asphalt, and then places where there's lots of pollution, When we have really big roadways, that carbon monoxide that comes off definitely holds the heat down and in. No trees, no shading, no way to remediate that air quality to sequester that carbon. All those things, I think, really add up. A lot of businesses, you know, it makes these pockets of where you live really hot, really hot. And so I imagine, you know, contrasting some of the master plan communities where it's almost all residential and there's not a lot of commercial, and and we do see a lot more commercial parking lots and industrial uses closer to that east side of Las Vegas than we would in some of the master plan communities. And so now we have these things called heat islands. I understand there are some efforts to mitigate that, but I also would be remiss if I didn't point out that a lot of those areas that you are describing right now seem to disproportionately impact lower income and some of the communities of color that are in that neighborhood. That's what I'm finding, and that's what I'm seeing. So think about 
no trees around your landscape and very few trees on the sidewalk where you walk. And there's not a lot of shade at our bus stops. We all know that. And then you have to go to where? And it's 110. And you got to get there and you got to get back and you have to walk home. And it's full on sun. There's no, you know, getting on the other side of the street to be in the shade. There is none. And that definitely impacts people that are walking, kids that are walking to schools, people that don't have the luxury to drive. And think about it. Those are the very people that are helping with pollution by not driving cars every day. But the impacts that they have, uh, Urban Heat Island, it takes down your mental well-being when you're in 110 plus every single day and you have to walk to work, catch the bus. You know, it wears you out physically. Uh, you got to drink a lot of water just to your body to keep up with that. There's more heat deaths, heat related deaths, and ours are going up in the valley as well. And just the commute. And where do the kids play? Right. These these are areas that have fewer parks, fewer trails, fewer places to gather. So, you know, your neighbors less. You're not standing out front in the shade, no shade in the backyard. Terrible. Yeah. I hear what you say about this going all the way back to some of the redlining type policies. And we could probably devote an entire series of episodes about the impact of some of the planning decisions and the inequities that are kind of baked into the development of, of the greater Las Vegas area. But we'll save that for another day. I guess that leads me to some of the initiatives. And I, I really wanted to talk to you, Lisa, about one initiative in particular and see what that's all about, which is the city of Las Vegas's tree planting initiative. That's something that uh, has been uh, in the news recently, and there has been a commitment to mitigate some of these urban heat islands within the city limits, at least, by planting what I understand to be 60,000 trees in the next 25 years or so. Why are trees the answer to some of these urban heat island issues? The shade factor. It really is the shade factor. So the city of Las Vegas can remediate urban heat island on what they own, parks, trails, streetscapes, medians, their facilities. You know, they are really ramping up their efforts. They're well aware where the worst of the worst of the hottest is, and they're working on that. They're getting parks in those areas, pushing those trails into the neighborhoods so that people have a shaded experience when they get outside to get away, to take a break, it's really hard to take a break and relax when you're walking in 110 plus, you know, wind. It's really difficult. Everyone who's lived here any amount of time knows that there are a lot of, there's a lot of great things about living in the valley, but heat is definitely a, uh, a downside in a lot of ways, both, I would say, practically and ethereally, probably existentially too. But let me ask you this about, about the trees themselves. Do trees somehow lower the impact of temperature in our community? Just to 10 degrees, 12 degrees. And then when the wind blows, the shade from the cooler air from underneath your tree blows to the neighbor, right? So it's all those trees collectively working together. That's, you know, block by block is, is just super important to, to build that up. One of the big things is parking lots. So we've all seen those little diamonds that can never really grow a mature tree. Right. And so I always ask them, well, if you have one of those every eight, you know, tell me what shade percent you want on your parking lot and let's go for that. But we're still figuring it out. 
you know, you're you're an arborist. In fact, in some circles, I hear that you're referred to as the Las Vegas tree lady. Um, are you involved in some of these efforts that the city is a, embarked upon to to reach that laudable goal of sixty thousand new trees in the city? Well, the urban forester over there is a longtime friend of mine. And so, you know, I always go over there and yuck it up and sit in the office and say, what's going on and what are you doing and where are we working? And I like to put myself in the middle of what's happening governmentally so that we know what each other are doing. For instance, I went and asked them, do my 200 trees count towards your 60,000? How do I count mine so that I can be part of the solution? so that you can plant a tree in your yard and you can be part of the solution. We were just, we're waiting for the government to plant these trees and pull us out of the urban heat island, yes, but yet it's a collective effort that I wanna be part of. So I, I've been over there with Impact NV. They've been working, you know, this is a new group that has urban forestry. I think their goal is like 100,000 trees and the mayor of Las Vegas is on that board. So I, I'm emailing them saying, hey, how can we count it all? And I mean this in the most complimentary way. It sounds like you're our Lorax. You're our, you're our advocate for the trees here in Las Vegas and talking with a lot of these folks, including city of Las Vegas urban forester, uh, Bradley Dassler. Is that how you say his name there? Yep. Yeah. I call him the Dazzler, but don't tell him. <laughs> Got it. All right. Well, let me, let me, I don't like the expression devil's advocate as an attorney. I feel like we're maligned. So let me go with the Lorax thing. I guess uh, from a perspective of the Grinch, are some of these efforts maybe a little more um, cosmetic that the planting of trees in areas like, I, I can't help but think of like Fremont East. They put tons and tons of trees on Fremont East. Is, is that the best spot? Should that have been the priority? I, I mean, one of the criticisms I have of it is that you can't see the signage anymore. So I imagine some of those businesses suffer for it. it is the city being thoughtful, in your opinion, as far as where these trees are first being planted for that 60,000 goal? Or is it maybe a little haphazard? What do you think? I think they were really looking at the walkability of downtown and trying to secure that shade for folks that live down there, work, play down there. And I think that is part of what they need to do because there's so much hardscape. And they're also really bumping up, adding trees that have been lost in their parks, which I'm all about. They kind of water share with the turf grass, but they know they have a lot of work to do, a lot of trees to plant. You see, Brad, he looked tired last time I saw him. <laughs> Right. They, had, they had just planted 40 trees. I'm like, yeah, yeah you're tired. <laughs> and I know your organization, Nevada Plants, has been planting trees in just the four months that you've been operating, maybe 200 or so trees. So, I mean, that's amazing. But let me ask you also, are, are there stories that you've been hearing from families being affected by the urban heat island effect here and the lack of shade? I mean, anything specific that's maybe not being addressed by the city's project so far that we need to be mindful of? I definitely think that's residential. Uh, I think they do their public property, and I don't think there's any effort yet on private property. I'll tell you, yesterday, somebody chased down somebody on Facebook saying, hey, I got this tree, and it's dead, and ha, ha, ha. Well, I got right on there. So I went and saw her yesterday. It was sad to see. Mm. She was in the core, in the hottest of the hottest, 
the deep red on the map. She has a south face with no trees and there's nothing in the yard. And they have a 12 month old baby. He is so cute. His bedroom window is on the south face. And so that's a really hot room, right? Because that south window gets sun all the time. And so I went over there to look at it like, you know, it's a tree, let me see. But by the time I got talking to her and driving into the neighborhood and going to look at the tree and seeing her beautiful son and looking at that window and looking at the heat and knowing the map completely changed. Like that tree became the most important tree to me of all that we gave away. It was so important. So when I'm done here, I've got the tree in my vehicle And we're going to plant the tree uh, this afternoon. I know it's a little hot to plant, but sometimes now's the time. And for her, now's the time. And and this will affect them big time in the backyard, the yeah. window, the kid, all of it. It's important. Yeah. And I'm sure that story can be replicated hundreds of times throughout the valley. I'm looking at putting some additional trees in, in my backyard right now. And we're definitely going through a process. It's not easy, you know, but um, for for those members of our community who maybe don't have the resources or don't have the knowledge base, what can they do? Because it sounds like the city's program specifically is a good thing, but it's limited in a lot of ways. So how are community members, especially those who have uh, control over some property that might be in these heat islands, what can they do? What's their best process? Well, go talk to your county commissioner. And really, that's what we have to do because trees are expensive. And then we do a little planting thing when they come or we do plantings in the neighborhood. And then we're there to help uh, to talk about compost, you know, things that hold nutrients and water in the soil. Just talking to them about those kind of things, selecting a proper tree, right roots, right roots. There's a lot of trees at the nursery that have horrible root structures and those trees won't last more than 10 years. So we're, I'm looking for funding all the time. That's like my other part-time job. I'm planting or I'm looking for funding so that we can get these trees. They're $200 for a shade tree. A fruit tree can be $300, Moon Valley, $300. So many people need shade or food and they can't afford that. They just can't, gas is high, rent's increasing, groceries are increasing. I mean, the last thing on the budget, nobody has a budget at the end of the month that says trees, you know? Right. So where can residents go to find support or even become involved in your organization, Nevada Plants? NevadaPlants.com. And it has the maps on there too. And you can get a hold of us. And I hope to do a lot more tree giveaways. I would love to get down into the red, red core of the urban heat island and work blocks, work neighborhoods, so that we can have music, talk about planting, be there available to help plant, and neighbors getting to know neighbors which is the most beautiful side gift of what we do, which is getting people to know each other and be able to talk about the issues in their neighborhoods together with them. Even if you do fruit trees, right? Like you can get one block with early harvest, middle and late harvest, and then they can do a share there. Right. Hugely incredible. And I think it's good for community to know each other and plant together. Let's end it on a, uh, a fun note. I know you've been mentioning fruit trees, um, some other shade trees. You're also talking about native trees. Uh, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do some shout outs to your favorite trees for our valley in these heat island areas. What trees uh, are you going to uh, advocate for here today specifically that people should look for? 
I love the native trees. I made some flour last year from the mesquite pods as they have done, the indigenous folks made flour and it's sweet. It's actually a beautiful, sweet flour. You let the pods dry and you just grind it up like in a coffee grinder. Right. It's really good. You can make sweet bread and cookies out of it. It's That's helpful too, to think of it as a food source and to change your mindset that it can be more than like trees do a lot more than just a pretty thing. Like we're so far beyond that. And so I love the oaks. I love the the Texas red oak. I love the Schumard oak. And I love the holly oak. And all these do very well with water. So we want the biggest canopy for the smallest water bang right, right, for our right. buck That's that we can get. Yeah. So those have to be my favorite. I embrace them completely. They're awesome. thorns and all. <laughs> Got it. Well, and I think we could both agree from the lack of being on your list that we can share our hate for the palm trees that are everywhere. I do. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I'm going to start a movement on that one. Yeah. Boo, boo to the palms, although they are somewhat ubiquitous anyway. Lisa, I really appreciate you taking the time to discuss the importance of trees in our community, as well as its impact on these heat islands, which should really be on a lot of people's minds, especially as we're discussing these issues of excessive heat. Lisa Ortega, founder of Nevada Plants. Thanks again for joining us on CityCast Las Vegas. Thank you, David. Much appreciation. You can find more of Lisa's work at nevadaplants.com. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. If you enjoyed the show, tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. It's like a little acorn that bursts into a tree of knowledge for you. We'll be back Thursday morning with more news from around the city. Talk soon. Thank you.